Podcast. We're here with none other than the Great Divide today. Awesome to have you guys here. Yeah. Thank you guys for coming out. Thank you guys for taking the time to sit yeah. down with us. Thanks Jagger and Rhett. Yes, yes, sir. Bam! I like that combo. Thank it's you. A, he gets a uh, Jaeger all the time. Yeah, I get Jaeger. Oh, I get I get Jaeger. all kinds of different variations. <laughs> the monster. I, everybody, I guess, assumes that my parents were alcoholics, so oh, they, yeah. they want to pronounce it like uh, like Jaeger. So, uh, but you guys are playing tumbleweed tonight. That's right. Are you guys excited to be back? Yeah, you know, it's always, we were just sitting here now and in this room that we're sitting in. The first time we played Tumbleweeds was, what, 94? Probably, yeah. right. Probably. And uh, we we played in this little side room. Yeah. It was, is it still Trimmers? Yep. Mm-hmm. Was it that back then? Or? Yeah, I think, I think it so. Was, yeah. Yeah. was it? Yeah. Anyway, we sat up in the corner right over there. And Did just you feel the Trimmer? <laughs> had a flashback, you know. Yeah. Because when we started and got our first album, that was in 94, I remember coming out to the main tumbleweed dance floor and all of us sitting in a circle and hearing it on a big system. You know, that was a big deal for us at yeah. the time, you know. Yeah, man. So we, we've gotten a chance to interview a lot of artists <clears throat> over our time doing this podcast. We've done it for over a year now. And uh, we really started uh, doing artists uh, kind of from the beginning, but really starting back up in like fe- February is when we really got had a chance to start working out here at the tumbleweed, getting artists through. And uh, we've done, we did Calf Rye, we've done, uh, we did Born and Raised a c- couple weeks back where he went, sat down there. And it's amazing the amount of people when we ask them the question, like, who are your some of your inspirations? And they will say, The Great Divide. That's probably o- over half. Oh, the artists, definitely over half. Over yeah. half the artists yeah. that we've had on. We're say, better than 50%. <laughs> <laughs> it just means we're old. Yeah. And, and I mean, uh, and I would say the, the ones that don't are just, People from like Texas, you know, like, count. like, oh, 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 exactly. They, they don't count. They're, hey, I live in Texas. They haven't, <laughs> they haven't learned yet. Yeah. Well, so, so taking those out, they don't count. So we're closer to 100. percent Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's cool, man. <laughs> yeah. So how, how does it feel to be like, especially for Red Dirt artists today, to be like a band that is looked up to for up up and coming artists and even established artists now? Yeah, it's well, it's an honor, you know. Uh, and it's a testament to what we as a group accomplished back. Uh, it seemed like it was impossible back when we started, you know, everybody. Um, around, at least around Oklahoma, you know, a lot of the scene was you had to play top 40 country. And we'd try, but we were terrible at it, you know? Yeah. Really bad. Uh, <laughs> really bad. And we decided early on, if we're going to butcher some songs, it'll be ours. And uh, <laughs> we did that for a long time. <laughs> Still are. Still are. And, and even even <laughs> but, now, you oh, sorry. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. Even now, you guys still have a, a song on the top uh, of Texas country charts, right? Yeah, and that's thanks to this guy, our newest member, Bryce Conway. He uh, he played keys for No Justice, and uh, he'd always hounded us for years to play with us, and we always just said no. <laughs> no reason. Yeah, twenty years. We didn't have twenty a years. Mike. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't trust it. Other than to say no, it just yeah. doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel right. <laughs> no, but uh, Bryce came and sat in with us on a New Year's Eve gig. Was it here? It was here. It was here. Okay, right. magical tumbleweeds. Um, he sat in with us, and it was just great. You know, our our old Great Divide records have. Uh, 
a lot of B3 organ on him, and that's you know he plays plays that on stage. So that brought brought a lot. And then he pushed us really to get back in the studio and make another record because he wanted to play on a great divide record. <laughs> <laughs> it's all selfish. Yeah. Tell well, him, I'm, I'm tell him your story. I, I am and always have been. Whoever's listening, I am the greatest great divide fan. You know, I'm the president of the fan club. Uh, you know. Was there a fan club? There is now. There is now. No, I always loved the Great Divide. I used to listen to all their CDs. I remember when, when they got signed with Atlantic and their videos were on CMT. I remember talking to my mother on the phone saying, hey, there's some friends of mine. I met them, and they're going to be big stars one day. Huge. Huge stars, and they're on CMT. And so my whole family's just been a big Great Divide fan. So to get to play with them is like a huge honor. And back to what Mike was saying, recording a record? I mean, yeah. Let's record a record. Let's go on. It's funny how it works out, though, because that was the push that really got us to do it. And, and you know, maybe there was some mental block of like, does it, you know, should we make a record? I mean, is Can it dumb? We? Can we make a record? Yeah. So um, we're certainly thankful that his tenacity paid off. Oh, you think we even us. talked about it before Bryce brought it up? Have we? Not really. No. no, we recorded a couple or three or four new yeah. songs for a 25-year record we put out with our kind of greatest hits thing. But, you know, we... Kind of, we didn't really play them live, and there wasn't. It it just didn't have the cohesiveness that this record does, you know. And that that came from all of us getting in the same room, building the song up from the floor up, just playing it with each other in a circle, and just like we when we started, you know, when we started in Stillwater, we had one tuner that we would all gather around and just listen to it, try to tune our guitars to. You know, so we st we started from that very, uh, you know, sad start yeah. from where we got now. Humble. Can, uh, humble, that's uh, humble. Well, to, to, well, to, to watch that recording <laughs> no, process. Humble origins. Yeah. <laughs> Take place at uh, Eric Dillegard's studio up in Denton. See the way the great divide. Uh, you know, Mike wrote all the songs. There's one he wrote with his wife, Chrislyn. And to see J.J. and... Scotty and Kelly and myself, the way that the that the songs evolved, it, it was a uh, it's pretty pretty cool chemistry to see yeah. take place. And yeah. I was like, oh, yeah. so that's the magic over the last thirty years. Well, it's cool. Good way to put it. Can you can you talk to us about the very early days? Like you said, it was right here in Stillwater. I want to know, like, as a Great Divide fan myself, I want to know about the the origin. You know how it all came to be. And go. Well, <laughs> I was born January the 30th. <laughs> from the beginning. How long is this podcast? We can go as long as you guys want. Tell them about where, tell them about, this would be different. Tell them about what y'all had going before I met you. And then I'll, I'll say how I came into it. Go ahead, Jay. That's a good one. Well, so my recollection, and it could be wrong, uh, Scotty, my, my brother Scott down there, is, uh, was a firefighter. And Stillwater, could okay, I so a little bit further back, Scotty and I's grandparents were musicians. So we always grew up with the, you know, fiddle and guitar and kind of that aspect of our lives. And uh, Scott was at a, working at the fire department and he had a friend there and him and Scotty would play together. And uh, we were having lunch one day at the old school bagel 
<clears throat> no, it was New York Bagel, the, the original New York Bagel downtown. And we ran into an old uh, schoolmate of my brother's and, and through the conversation, he was trying to be, make it as a country singer. And he, it was, you know, I need a guitar player and a drummer. <clears throat> my brother said, I, I can play guitar and my brother plays the drums. And so we went over there and started messing around this guy's garage and it wasn't good at all. Um, but because of that situation, and everybody in Lincoln, Logan, and Payne County is related to my brother and I. <laughs> that was a lot of our crowd. <laughs> yeah, we, had, we would have friends come over and just hang out and listen to us play in this guy's garage. And my roommate, who I had just moved out from and got married, uh, came one night and subsequently this gentleman from Tecumseh, Oklahoma. Now, to back up one more time, I knew, Scotty and I knew Kelly through rodeo long before any of this started. Um, but then, so I had this roommate named Donnie Pitchford and he came over one night and said I needed to meet this guy named Mike McClure. Yep. And, and that's where he yeah, comes in. That's where I step in. Uh, when I moved to Stillwater, I went, <clears throat> my first two years of college, I went to Seminole Junior College and then uh, transferred to OSU. And I was looking for an apartment when I first came to town and this guy goes, you like Pink Floyd? <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, I like Pink Floyd. He goes, this, this apartment up here, they painted the wall from Pink Floyd, the wall. And he goes, you want me to leave it? And I'm like, yeah, that'd be cool. And so I rented that, <laughs> that place because that was there. And when I moved in, they'd painted over it. So that's, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know if he just told everybody something cool. He never actually saw it. This guy looks like a Pink Floyd fan. Screw yeah. your discount. Side unseen, I move into this wallless apartment and uh and then the next morning the wind shifted and i realized the swine barn was about 100 <laughs> yards from me right. uh yeah see old uh what's those apartment wicklow There's wicklow there. yeah wicklow apartments and uh so anyway i'm sitting out playing my guitar i'm starting to write some songs i'd written rather have nothing which was our first song and I was playing that on my porch, and then I meet this Donnie Pitchford. He's my neighbor, you know. It was, and uh, so he goes, "Hey, I got some friends," and he was cool. And we hung out, and uh, he listened to my songs, and we listened to Jerry Jeff Walker and Jimmy Buffett. And I thought he was, you know, older, cool dude. And and he said, "I've got some friends that need a guitar player. You want to go?" And I said, "Yeah, why not?" And so that's when I first met these guys. And Wade was singing, right? Yeah, Wade, yeah. Wade, Wade Tower, yeah. Wade Tower was singing. I just came to play guitar, and I brought my rig and set up and turned it on. We played one song, and I go, what do you think? And Scott goes, you're too loud. <laughs> <laughs> I said, like, all right, man, I'll, uh... I'll see you later. <laughs> 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 we... <laughs> You know, yeah, I'm sure I was. Yeah, yeah. it was loud. Yeah, yeah. it was loud. It was I a came half Marshall stuff. <laughs> yeah, I came from hair metal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think about that, yeah. man? Van Halen was my jam. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, we I played a few gigs with them, and then I decided ah, I don't I don't think I this not really good. not my thing, and I wanted to write more songs. So when I wanted to record them. I rented a studio in Oklahoma City, and I called JJ because I knew he played drums, and said, "Would you come do this with me?" And this other guy was singing because I didn't want to sing at the time. A kid named Bobby Grace, 
and uh, we went and recorded a demo, a little cassette of Rather Have Nothing and a couple other songs. And that cassette, we this is how long ago it was, the cassette got copied and handed around all our their cousins, and that began our fan base. You know? And it's like, oh, we got some, now these people know, you know, a small group knows these songs, so let's put a band together. And that's, that's how we got started. And here we are. Wow. Hey, guys, we want to tell you a little bit about Deadwake Archery Innovations. They got all kinds of awesome stuff. They create their very own custom-designed CNC milled bows, and they do all kinds of uh, crazy colors with the anodization. And uh, you want to tell them a little bit more? Yeah. So it is a Oklahoma State graduate there. They're in Kansas, Oklahoma is where they're established. Uh, they do some great stuff. Great killing machines for the water, honestly. <laughs> and uh, just go, go check them out. Thank you so much for Deadwake Archery Innovation for sponsoring this podcast. Hey guys, we want to give a huge shout out to our new sponsor, Red Earth Designs. They made all of these new t-shirts you're seeing. You can find those on social media if you go to our page, Guitars Cowboys Pod. You can click on that, message us, get a shirt, all that good stuff. They also made these awesome cups for us, guys. They do everything from screen printing, uh, vinyl, uh, laser etching. They will probably even give you a tattoo if you can give them enough time. <laughs> but go check out Phil there in Perry. Uh, great shop. Uh, we'll be looking to go there in the future, give you guys kind of a lowdown on their background. Thank so. you so much to Red Earth Designs for sponsoring us. Wow. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fantastic story. Yeah. That's awesome. So I'm sure I left out a couple things. So <laughs> did you guys have any like other names besides the Great Divide that you guys threw around? If so, like what, what are some of those? I nope. believe y'all were the Payne County Cowboys when I met you. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kelly and Scotty played before in the band I came in the band. Yeah. The band they were the Payne County Cowboys. But Kelly was in Brush Creek. Yeah, yeah. I was in the Brush Creek. The Flores band. brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Wyatt Flores Wyatt. is dad. Really? Yeah, yeah. Was, and yeah. Kelly were in a band called Brush Creek. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, we get asked that a lot about how we came up with the name. And I remember, vaguely remember us sitting in a room and writing down a list or something. But, but I that was good. Couldn't tell you any of the others on the list and how we ended up settling on the Great Divide other than maybe Steve, Steve Mishall and that story. Oh yeah, little rock, little country. <laughs> <laughs> who, who, who thought the Great Divide? Uh, That's why I don't know. Me, I, know. me. I, know. I did. Yeah, JJ did. <laughs> I'm tired yeah. of playing. JJ's gonna take it. <laughs> JJ came up with everything. I came up with that, and then good I job. wanted to be. Uh, I thought, yeah, it was me again, the good and the bad. Um, we we came up with some alternate names, like one of them was Flea Market Mac and the Candleback Cats. <laughs> that was going to be our alter ego band. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That was going to be our Chris Gaines yeah. band. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Man, that's one of our questions. We, yeah. We, uh, we, I don't know how, how we do it, but we come up with some way to mention Chris Gaines on almost every podcast. Beat you to it. Yeah, he already did it. Perfect. Jackie Diamond and the Studs. <laughs> You're welcome. You know. Yeah, everybody wants to do a little something on the side where you're some completely different character. Jackie Diamond and the full deck. And the yeah. full deck. <laughs> Jackie Diamond and the half stacks. So, so when someone asks you guys, like, what genre you are, do you tell them Red Dirt? Or is there is there is it deeper than that for you? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, to... When Red Dirt existed before we did, you know, there's Tom Skinner, Bob Childers, Jimmy LaFave, Red Dirt Rangers, Medicine Show, and, and all the people in the area that where I moved to were going by calling their music Red Dirt, and we started using it too. You know, I, I thought it was, I wanted to be, I liked what they were doing and the spirit they were doing it in, which was 
writing good songs with good lyrics and something that means something. You know? mm-hmm. For, I, I'm from northeast Oklahoma, so I I always knew of like um, <clears throat> uh, my dad my dad played your guys' music and stuff, and I knew of Cross Canadian Ragweed and stuff like that. But I didn't really know it was called Red Dirt or anything like that until I got out here. And I've noticed as we've been doing this for like almost a year that a lot of people, even that call themselves Red Dirt, don't exactly know what it is. So we want to do like a almost like a documentary type thing we want to we want to make a, a video explaining what red dirt is and how it came to be and i i think you all are some some of the the best people to ask about that so who would you say are people that need to be in that like who 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 knows the the story on all that and it's hard to know uh <laughs> there's a lot of people that have been in the scene just like yeah. everybody mike just named off but quite a few of those people have passed on since yeah um, you could say Woody Guthrie was Red Dirt music. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I guess from my perspective, and I think Scotty would could see it this way, growing up in this part of the country, particularly in our situation with our grandparents, you know, we grew up on um, what, we, what I probably would call at that time, you know, cowboy music or Western music. But what always turned us on about the stuff growing up that we just considered was country music was, it was more of telling a story about the um, the place that you live, you know, the, ge- the geographic area that your experiences are in. And it talked about that, whether it be a positive or a negative, like a white man's blues or however you want to look at that. But um, it didn't really particularly matter if it was swing or if it was more um, rock and roll, it was just more about the area or the aspect of growing up in, in this area, this rural area, and about the trials of life and then the joys of life growing up in rural, rural America. So I don't, I mean, I guess that's the best explanation I can give. But I think it's funny too, because when we signed a major record label um, and they wanted to use the term red dirt, that was really a turnoff for a lot of people in a lot of different states because they didn't understand it, you know, like um, what, like we were isolating ourselves yeah, from the rest it, of the it world. classified you know? it as regional. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, they, yeah. like they didn't, it wouldn't appeal to them. So it's funny to me that, well, not funny, I mean, it's good, that we live in a world now where, and, and to be frank, when the Great Divide first started out and, and grew inside the boundaries of Oklahoma, and began to venture past that and try to get into markets in Texas, there were places in Texas that would absolutely not let a band from Oklahoma play there. Hmm. Like we only let Texas artists play here. And so the red dirt wasn't a positive word, so to speak, in the Texas markets. So it's really interesting and, and, and it's a positive thing that we're now to a place where it's grouped as one thing, you know, where it's kind of the two have bled into one, but there's so many similarities between you know, what the Joey Lees and the Jerry Jeffs and the Robert Earls and guys like that were doing in comparison to the same artists that were coming out of Oklahoma. So um, so it's actually become a real positive thing to be Red Dirt. But in the beginning, it, it could be dangerous to, when you left Oklahoma, to, to categorize yourself that way because it could limit you in the success you might have in a market, you know. Hmm. 
other bands like Reckless Kelly and Mickey and the Motor Cars, guys from Idaho, <laughs> but their red dirt, their music is what we would, I would consider red dirt music. Uh, I know they, they're out of Texas now, but you know, it just goes to show how broad the effect of the red dirt, yeah. JJ just described as red dirt music, the experiences and how it's not necessarily defined by your geographical location because everybody that grew up in rural America had those same experiences growing up. So I think that's why it has such a wide appeal because everybody that grew up in the country and in rural communities like Stillwater experienced the same kind of lifestyle. You yeah. could say that Yesterday Road is the perfect example. So many people from everywhere we've ever played connects to Yesterday Road because they said that was my childhood. Well, they weren't from Oklahoma. Yeah. They were doing the same things we were doing, yeah. which is how that song came to be, is just Mike talking about this is what we did growing up, you know. So <clears throat> I, I think it's more of a just a, a desire to, to write really quality music and perform it yourself instead of, you know, necessarily um, going to a, a publisher and getting songs and then yeah. recording them with a bunch of people that you don't even know and there's really no connection to the song. I always thought it was funny when we'd be in Nashville during that time period we were on Atlantic and you would hear, you know, like a new artist say, you know, so, so and so Smith wrote this song and uh, and I really connect to it. Like, you don't even know what it's talking about. You're a girl from Cincinnati, like, you know. Yeah. So. And I agree with that because there's, I still meet a lot of young artists, if you will, that you ask them what they play, and they say, well, I, I play Red Dirt. Well, just because you really? grew up in Tahlequah doesn't mean your set is Red Dirt, because <laughs> I'll hire them in or go see them play or something, and they're doing all top 40 country songs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Back to what Mike said, it's the, it's the songwriting, it's the spirit of it, it's the, it's the, the community of it. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not just because you're from Oklahoma, you're Red Dirt, either. I, I get what JJ and Scott are saying about the geographical location, but it also is a community and a spirit of the songwriting aspect of it, in my opinion. And Sherry, I, I want to say one other thing. That's another thing about the Red Dirt music community is it's, it, it's never felt like a competition. It, it felt more like, hey, we're all in the same boat, we're in this together. <clears throat> Nobody's out trying to cut somebody else's throat or upstate somebody else. It, in my experience, at least, it's always been just a community and a brotherhood and sisterhood. You know, everybody's for one another, yeah. not trying to beat you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That, I mean, we've seen a lot of that, and we're not even in the, you know, playing space. But yeah. when we talk to somebody, almost every time they're like, oh, you need to check out so-and-so or yeah. you mm -hmm. need to have so-and-so on or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, you see, yeah, everybody runs into each other at different events and on the road and clubs. and You know, it is. Uh, that camaraderie is great. So who were some of your guys' inspirations growing up that kind of got you where you are now? Willie Nelson. Willie Nelson? Mm -hmm. Number one. Merle Haggard. Number two. Waylon Jennings was a big influence on me. And we all grew up in the 80s, so we listened to yeah. Yeah. all the hair bands, all the rock and roll. Eddie Van Halen made me right. want to get an electric guitar. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. 80s kids, so. Yeah. They're red dirt. Yeah, shred <laughs> dirt. Yeah. Yeah. Van Halen? 
Yeah, that's shred. Well, howdy, folks. Welcome down to Bad Brad's Barbecue. <laughs> hey, stop looking at Gus. Stop it. Stop it. All right, folks, you see here, Jack is trying to throw some cornhole, and he just can't get her done. I just cannot hit anything today. I see that, Jagger. Man, you gotta have some bad brads. Play that crap in your under. Vernon always coming in clutch with the barbecue. Oh, yeah, look at that bite, folks. All right, Jagger, let's see it. Look at that, right now. Bad brads, where you can't help but be good. Like Jagger said, folks, bad brads barbecue. Where it's good to be bad. Yeah, that's shred I'll, dirt. Right? I'll say it again. Shred. I've, I've always been a great divide fan. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've always been a great divide fan. Bri <laughs> Bryce is riding for the brand today. <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. <laughs> 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 Van Halen's cool. We might play a little Van Halen tonight. So what are you guys listening to Like, when you're just driving down the road? Are you listening to anything? Or are you listening to hopefully the... GCNHM podcast. Yeah, that's <laughs> all I listen to every day. Now we're clipping that. Disappointed that I have to wait for another episode. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Uh, I mean, we all still listen to a lot of stuff we've always listened to, but Mike has turned me on to some stuff that he's heard that I hadn't heard. Kelly's turned me on to some stuff. My kids turn me on to stuff. I've been listening to a lot of Tedeschi Trucks band. My kids turn me on to that. Um, you know, so obviously we still listen to. The old stuff that we grew up on and love, and we still listen to the classic stuff we love, like Willie and Merle. But we, we always have an ear out to you know anything good. And there's a lot of good there's a lot of good ones coming up right now. So what would you guys say? Maybe it's Gannon, maybe it's uh, another artist up and coming. Is there like a smaller artist that you guys listen to that think like they're going to be the next big thing? I have a mark with uh, Gannon Freeman. We've been watching him. They're, they're definitely up and coming. Yeah. In fact, they, they reached out. They, they're opening up for, um, I think they're going on the road with Treaty Oak Revival yep. here in the, in the upcoming. And mm. so Gannon actually reached out himself and he was asking about um, if the Great Divides bus would be available to lease if they could use it. Really? <laughs> and so no, we, 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 we talked about it. We, we sent them, you know, you know we, we help. Yeah, but there's operating costs, and so yeah. we send the operating costs. And he's okay. Well, never mind. We'll <laughs> <laughs> never mind. I'm so. working with a guy. I'm working with a guy named Lucas Jagnaw, and probably gonna record with him. And then Mike just finished recording with another guy who's really good. Yeah, uh, Dallas Burrow. He's out of uh, New Braunfels, Texas. Really? Yeah, I haven't produced anything and outside of my own uh, in about three years. Just kind of. Got burned out a little, and this guy kept hounding me, like much like Bryce does. And, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna start hounding you for things. <laughs> <laughs> no, he just kept talking to me about it, and then uh, I really liked the guy. And then I heard his, uh, I heard his songs, and I thought, yeah, he's a cool. And uh, Dallas Burrow, yeah, it's, it album be out uh, hmm, probably next year sometime. But I, I like the Red Clay Strays. Have you heard of their stuff? Mm -hmm. Yes, they're really yes, good. Have. And uh, the White Lighters open for us. And, they knocked me out. Those yeah. guys yeah. are really good. Um, you produced the Down the Hatch album, too, from the Damn Quills, right? Yeah. Okay. I love that album. That's one of my favorite albums of yeah, all time. Yeah, that's a great one. <clears throat> what? Yeah, that was at the Boo Hatch. My old, I lived in Ada, Oklahoma, for about 20 years, and <clears throat> that was my old basement studio I had. What exactly goes into, when you say producing, for those who don't know, like exactly what producing an album consists of? Uh, 
towards the end of when I was doing a lot of that, I was engineering as well, which is setting up the mics and capturing all that. And producing is more just kind of overseeing everything. Uh, you know, does this does this song sound good at this tempo? You know, is this you know from some you know scrutinizing lyrics and making sure those are great. Mm -hmm. Of course, sometimes it's get out of the way. Like the damn quails, they were great. You just recorded it. Yeah. You know, it's not like I was orchestrating how those songs are they were great they brought them in great so that that's a lot a lot of producing is get knowing when to get out of the way yeah you know instead of like sometimes producers will have to have their idea you know and they'll conform a band to their idea you know i, I want to hear the band's idea first and uh yeah that's how i approach it anyway <clears throat> okay sometimes it's good if you're if you're outside the bubble you know yeah, of, of a right. band. You're not in that whole, you know, you can, you can see it from a perspective. Yeah. It's hard to see it from when you're inside. So you're trying to get them to see it for themselves, and then if they do, then you just leave it alone. You know? <laughs> but in short, it's to make sure they don't suck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and keep the ball rolling. Yeah. You know, cause <laughs> keep them focused. Keep them focused, yeah. Sessions here. in my basement tend to wander. You know. <laughs> back he's back in the wild days. In his basement. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can... Brian I can, White wandering off say, track? Yeah, I was going to say, I can see Brian definitely wandering <laughs> off track. Every oh, he was long. happy there, and, you know, he throwing those axes. I had a lot of trees <laughs> around there. I'd wake up, be four or five in the morning, I'd hear, foom, foom. Yeah, their, their songs are just fantastic we were talking to brian um last friday and he was like man you guys gotta come out to this uh to my house he's like i'm setting the bottom floor up to throw axes yeah, yeah. Like, okay i guess yeah oh he loves it i mean yeah. <clears throat> he's red dirt success <laughs> when you're not touring when you're not on the road what are you guys doing for enjoyment nothing sleeping yeah <laughs> sleeping the road off let's yeah. enjoy it Sky and I were just talking about coming out and seeing uh, Uncle Lucius next. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, um, Rhett had never heard of uh, Uncle Lucius until uh, they scheduled him, or scheduled them for uh, uh, next week. And uh, I was kind of looking at him cr cr crazy whenever he said that. I was like, you've never heard of Uncle <laughs> oh, Lucius? Oh, they're fantastic. Yeah. There's a junior here at OSU. Really? And um, she's always, Dad, Dad. Another professor knows the Great Divide. Another <laughs> professor. Yeah, use that. My friend's parents. They know the Great Divide. Does that give me? Does that yeah. give me any discounts? They're not getting free tickets. <laughs> well, I tell you, she's got straight A's, man. So what, I go to this place where they inject my back, and I was in there a couple of weeks ago, and they were like, "Can we have tickets to the to the concert?" And I said, "Do I get free back injections?" You know, like that ain't, I don't, you don't get free tickets. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, um, uh, what what does she study here? Oh, she. Uh, business. Business? Business, yeah. There you go, Rhett. You got, he, he, he's an ag business major oh, here. Yeah. So. Mackenzie. She'll be out here tonight. Awesome. Keep your eyes peeled, Rhett. <laughs> are, are you guys, uh, are you guys uh, <laughs> OSU fans, I assume? Yeah. What are your thoughts about the game tomorrow? I don't have any. No comment. No <laughs> comment. Hoping for the best. <laughs> Hoping for the best. I just hope both teams have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'd say yes. one team's going to win. Yeah, one team's, team's going to win. It's all, it ain't about having fun, Mike. I hope both teams have a good time. <laughs> be safe out there and have a good yeah, time. And be, be kind. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, it'll be fun. I, I, I think it's, 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 a, it's really cool when something like that's been going on over 100 years. And, and uh, 
to get to play the final one in Stillwater, I think is really great for the city and, and great for the community. It's certainly given us a, an opportunity to come out here and and pull some songs out of the old playbook we haven't played in a while and mm -hmm. kind of do like a homecoming yeah. situation. So yeah. it turned out well for us. Whether no matter who wins tomorrow, we're winning tonight. Very <laughs> good. Well we're said. all winners That's, here. Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> you know who the winners are? We are. Tonight. We're yeah. the winners. Yeah. The Great Divide won Bedlam. <laughs> that, that, that's going to be the headline whenever Bedlam we... Bedlam uh, champs. That, 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 that's going to be the <laughs> title on the video. Yeah. TGD, 2023 <laughs> Bedlam champs. That, 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 that's what we're going to put on our video whenever we post it. It's going to be the Great Divide won Bedlam. Bedlam champs. There we go. Yeah. Right there. Bedlam champions. I like that. <laughs> Well, on that note, we really appreciate all you, you guys, guys coming out and sitting good down. It means a lot to us, so uh, it's been awesome. So it's awesome thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. thank you. We, we'd love to have you uh, on again next time. You oh, no way. No, okay. It's a one and done. It's, it's strictly Don't one let the done. dream die out. <laughs> <laughs> all right, thank you guys so much. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. Thank you.